This is Women Authors of Achievement Podcast, episode 32, with guest Delia Koenig. Hello, everyone. I'm your host, Daria Sovorova, and welcome to today's episode. Delia Koenig is the Managing Director of the Identity Unit at the fintech company Solaris Bank. Solaris Bank is the first banking-as-a-service platform with a full banking license that enables B2B services. In today's episode, we break down how to build cutting-edge products in banking and why a good KYC process will win you customers. You probably also want to know how to grow into managing director role within two years working at a company. Well, let today's episode reveal the truth. With that said, here's my conversation with Delia. And if you feel like you learned a lot today, share this episode with a friend or send feedback to hello at waa.berlin. Hello, Delia. So great to welcome you as my guest. And despite very special weather conditions today in <laughs> Berlin, we made it to this cozy studio in Kreuzberg. Thank you for coming. Thank you for inviting me. I feel like you always had clear goals in your life. Correct me if I'm wrong. And I was reading that it was always your passion to identify problems, design solutions, build MVPs and iterate as often as possible. How did you find your passion for building products and specifically building products in banking so early on? <laughs> <laughs> that that is a very good question. So maybe starting a bit a bit back. So when when I finished high school basically, um I went for my studies to Münster and studied what we call in German Wirtschaftsinformatik. So this is basically a combination out of computer science and business administration. I think most usually it's translated with information systems. Mm -hmm. And in the studies, I think what you what you get out of it or what you learn is that tech is an amazing way to solve issues. Like you can do so much, you can increase efficiencies, you can make things better, you can create solutions, you can build great products for, for customers. And back then, I think I, I wasn't even aware that like a product manager job really existed. I think this This is also 10 years ago, right? So I think back then it was also not so 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 usual. Yeah, and and then back then I went to ZDB. So this is a management consultancy specified basically on on banks and financial mm -hmm. financial institutions and financial services. And in this consultancy we went to like very big financial players, very very big banks in Germany and had our projects there and I I worked as a IT consultant. And what I saw in these big banks is that tech wasn't solving issues. Tech was creating a lot of legacy, like mm -hmm. a lot of issues that they kind of had to, you know, build things back or or change in, in many ways because it was so hard to maintain. And mm -hmm. it it seemed to me it created more problems than it actually, you know, why solved. Is, why is that so? If you are a, a big player be it a bank or, or, or a big corporate that existed for a very, very long time. Mm -hmm. I think it is quite natural that over the years you start to gain tech debt. So this mm -hmm. is basically the, the technical debt, we would call it, that you accumulate over the years because you are not investing enough into kind of like making your systems scalable, mm -hmm. maintain them, make sure that code that you don't need anymore is really also erased from the system and, and such things. It, it is basically like housekeeping and stuff that you don't want to do, but you kind of have to do mm -hmm. to be also flexible in the future. And I think many players on the market 
didn't do that so much. And I wouldn't blame them because it's it's super hard. I can also see that right now in my job. You, you just really need to consciously invest every single time into this. So what I, what I saw basically were super heterogeneous uh, IT system landscapes that were super hard to maintain, super hard to work on. And back then I was quite young and I just thought like, okay, I want to... I want to make this better. I don't want to work on these kind of like very old systems and, and big system landscapes. I want to build something up from scratch. I want to show them how it's done, you know, like how, like how you are after your your studies, quite quite arrogant and, and thinking you can conquer the world. And then basically this was when I thought like, okay, I can I can build better products. Um, and I think this was more or less my my journey into product management and into building services product systems. I like it. So you saw a problem and then you realized, okay, I have the courage to find a solution and nothing really stopped you. And you just tried to figure your way through. Yeah. I <laughs> love it. And I know that quite early in your career, you founded your own company. Would be great if you can speak about it. But also, I'm curious to understand what are the upsides of starting something on your own, even way before you really get the business exposure and many years of work experience. How was it like? This was basically after my experiences in the in the financial services world, after after I, I, I did go to this consultancy. And basically back then, uh, me and, and, and a couple of student friends from back then, we had this idea for, for of course, a great product uh, that we could sell. Um, and we uh, created a a business case around it and we applied for a scholarship back then it was from the federal ministry of innovation i think it's called it's called exist i can really recommend it you basically apply for the scholarship together with your university because usually supposed to have like some kind of connection to what you also studied or to to some kind of research that your university did and we got the we got the scholarship um it is 100,000 euros which is for like a young team of founders is like super much. Um, it's a you, lot. Wow. Exactly. You have to, you also are only allowed to spend it on certain things. So you cannot just go out and buy whatever you like. Um, you have to kind of like justify also that it's for laptops or um, that it's your own salary or stuff like this. So you, there is a certain scope that you, that you need to um, need to take care of there. But it is an amazing opportunity because it gives you just the flexibility to just start from scratch and see where it leads you. And this is basically what we did. As I said before, we were quite arrogant, more or less, because we just thought like, okay, we start, we have we have no real idea what we will encounter, but why why not just try? Like there is nothing stopping us from just going out and and, and trying. And it was a very, very good experience for me. I, I learned a lot from that. When you ask me about basically my age and what are the the advantages, I think there is no real advantage to start that early. The only thing is that you are basically a bit more naive and can just go ahead and, and try things out with like not having all the limitations in mind already, but rather just going for it. And also, I mean, what we what we definitely experienced back then is that starting a business, founding a startup, it's very romanticized quite like quite often I have the feeling it's at least people describe it as this like amazing experience and whatever and it 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 is but at the same time it's also incredibly hard like it is 
so many hours that you put into it, um, so much of your social life, your family, your friends that kind of have to be very, very patient with you because like the, the company that you found is your biggest priority at that moment. And this, I think, for a very young person who doesn't have to take care of a family or or a long-time relationship or whatever, that's just a bit easier to to really dig into that and uh, and and live this kind of startup life. So I think this was maybe kind of an, an advantage that you have if you start really early rather than later. But at the same time, also, you just have no idea what you're doing the entire time. So <laughs> then on the on the flip side, also uh, yeah. something <laughs> to have in mind. Why not? And what has become of the company? We did this for, I think, or like the, the, the founding team and a couple of, of the employees. We did this for one and a half or, or two years and also sold the so we built the software and we sold the software like once or twice to um, to, to small Sparkassen in Germany, which was an amazing experience. But we also realized that the market is just not big enough for this solution. So we kind of had to think about, do we want to pivot? Do we want to build other products? Do we want to go out and approach other markets or like a couple of things we, we needed to figure out? At the same time, with B2B business, um, you have extremely long sales cycles. So we we knew that we kind of needed to raise money, get money, whatever, if we wanted to continue this business as this kind of like founding team. And that was basically the moment in time where we sat together and we said, It was a super fun ride. Um, it was great. We all learned a ton. Some of us also didn't want to stay in Münster anymore. So that, that was basically just a very natural breakup point, let's say, for us. So we uh, we uh, parted ways and one of the co-founders um, was then also still doing it, was still selling it to um, other Other clients, I think, um, also in the hospital sector, and and he he kind of found his way to kind of monetize still what we have already built, but that was that basically. So all in all, actually, like a very nice, clean uh, end of end of that for me. Later on, you came to Solaris Bank, and that's also something I would like to focus on and speak about your journey at Solaris Bank, as you have been now with the company for. Five years. You started as a product manager and mm -hmm. later took over as a managing director for entire business unit. Delia, can you ref reflect with me on this incredible and rewarding career path you have been having at the company? <laughs> Before I came to Solaris Bank, I was working for Backfist. Um, and Backfist back then was also or is still uh, um, a fintech in, in, in Berlin. And uh, back then, Peter Großkopf, he was one of the co-founders, basically, of Solaris Bank, back then CTO. I still knew him or, or I already knew him from my time in Münster because he was also studying the same thing in Münster before. So we, he was in my network. And then at some point he said, like, yeah, don't you want to come and see basically what Solaris is doing? And when I then talked to the people in, in Solaris, I was immediately hooked because I, I just loved the idea of, of this service. And back then... When I joined, we were, I think, 50 people maybe, like not not many. And I was the second or third um, product owner. And I um, started building up the digital banking product. So all of the very essential and basic uh, banking features that you have, um, standing orders and 
some transactions and like very, very um, basic things. And uh, then we grew quite a lot. Um, we had to build um, many features, some of them in the area of KYC. KYC stands for Know Your Customers. So this is basically the process that users have to go through before opening an account. And this is just a very, very crucial process for us as a bank because we need to make sure that there are no fraudsters opening accounts, that like the money of our customers is actually safe and so on and so forth. But it's also very important from like a user experience and conversion perspective. So we basically decided to put more effort um, on this very topic. And this is basically when we decided to split it out and have it kind of like as a as its own team, as its own product, developed it more and more. And we saw that even other banks in Germany also have interest to use our KYC solutions, even though they don't want to open accounts with us, obviously, because they have that themselves. But they only wanted to use this, like these identification products that we've built with the team. So initially, you never planned for KYC N process to not, be one of your main services? Not at all. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, that was never in the strategy because... So usually banks and, and fintechs see KYC as a huge problem. Um, and I think also me starting into this, I also first saw it as a problem, like something that we need to solve. If you make something out of this problem and you actually see it rather as an enabler, so as an enabler for conversion, as an enabler for good user experience and so on, then it actually has a lot of potential. So then we kind of saw this potential. The banks were coming in, try, like also wanting to to have like have the solution and 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 get the solution from us. And that was basically when we decided, okay, we need to make more of this um, because it's basically a win-win. We we want to improve our solutions for ourselves and our partners. And if they're so good that other partner like new customers are coming in um, who also want to want to have this process, like be my guest. And this is basically when we when we founded the the business unit, really, and that was already three years ago. So um, this is when I when I took over as as a managing director, and what that essentially means is that in my unit I have a cross functional team. So it's it's um, the tech people, so the developers, it's product managers, it's someone from sales, someone from onboarding, as we call it, um, compliance, operations, legal. So basically, an entire an entire team of many many talents um, that that work in in my unit, and we basically all work towards making the solutions better, um, and in the end, providing like the best service to to our partners and their customers. Mm -hmm. We will we will dive into it a little bit later on mm -hmm. more because I'm uh, curious to learn, and I know that you won a big customer lately, uh, so mm -hmm. I want to speak mm -hmm. about that as well. So I can see that professionally, it was a very steep career growth for you, a very exciting one. How did you also grow personally in five years with Solaris Bank? What maybe you discovered new in yourself? Yeah, maybe I can share one one feedback that I got along along my journey at Solaris Bank that was in in the first couple of years, and I I got the feedback from someone that. I, I'm doing a great job and, you know, like what I do, everything is, is very good. And at the same time, he was saying basically what I could learn is to be a bit more present in the room. He even took the example of being a bit more braveheart. So 
I don't know, like for for all of you who who don't know the movie Braveheart, it's basically Mel Gibson on like with blue paint in his <laughs> exactly <laughs> on, on his horse. face on the horse, um, riding into the Independence War and being all like, you know, f follow me and and back then I really had issues taking this feedback because I just found it a bit strange. But I I thought about it more and more and. In, in the end, went also for, for coaching. So um, I had an embodiment coach who was basically coaching me about finding my authentic self while leading my unit and presenting that also to the outside in a more, in a way where I am present and I, I, I have a certain kind of feel to it when I, when I present or when I'm um, in a room and, and do, a, do a talk. This was actually really good because I, I never be became Braveheart. Um, I also do not intend to. But I think over the years, I found a way where I can be just very honest and open and, and have a strong opinion and make myself heard without being, being this kind of Braveheart. So without being loud, but just making my point in a certain way so that people listen to me. And I think this is a skill that I... I needed to acquire and and I I did over the years and now I'm I'm much better at it. And I think also when you basically rise in a company to a certain level, it also really helps because you have to get heard, you have to to be loud without being necessarily loud from from your voice, um but uh yeah, this is this is something that that I learned along the way. And then the second thing I think over the The last year or so um, that I learned is in general to be more empathetic. Um, so I, I had a really rough private year. Um, my father passed away this um, this summer, and a couple of other things also also happened. So it was just it was really hard, but it also kind of gave me a new perspective on work, on how to lead people, and how to. Like overall, maybe even how to interact and how to be more empathetic, how to be a bit more emotional, intelligent even. Um, so I think these things kind of came together in the mm -hmm. in the last couple of months. I could really mm -hmm. kind of feel that. Yeah. Yeah, I was also reading that. Yeah, first of all, thank you for sharing this. Um, and I was reading that your sister also holds managing position. And I can imagine it's like a, a power sister uh, duo <laughs> almost uh, with the last with the surname Königs. And How do you exchange and support one another? And is this very important for you? Yeah, definitely. So my my mother raised three very, very strong and independent daughters, I would say. So my um, my biggest sister, she studied physics. Um, my other, like the, the sister in the middle, basically, she did, uh, she studied mechanical engineering. Um, so So all also quite technical and all in a very male-dominated environments, let's say. The courage runs in the family. <laughs> uh, yeah, or the insanity. <laughs> like, call it what you will. <laughs> yeah, definitely. We, we, we talk a lot also about, about our jobs and, and how, we, how we do things. Um, and especially also with my, my biggest sister, I think the, the job is even a bit more comparable to what I am doing at the moment. Also, just from like this kind of um, cross-functional lead position and um, there it just helps a lot to have the sparing and yeah if you have bigger sisters you know how it is like they will always be your bigger sister and like great mentors and um, 
So it, I, I really, really am super grateful to have this. Like, that's, this is, that's really yeah. great to hear this. Another question I really had, and to be honest, initially I really didn't want to talk about the age topic because <laughs> I remember everyone is just always asking you that. How is it feels to be the youngest here, the youngest there? And I strongly believe that there's no such thing as being too young or too old for something and to start something. But still, the question <laughs> remains. And how it, does it feel for you to be ahead of your peers um, in terms of where you are in your professional life? Because probably in comparison, you're way ahead of your peers. I, I have to admit that probably because I, I am now with Solaris for so long and I made it through like, yeah, from 50 people to now 500 people, basically, I kind of forgot. I, I really have to admit because the, the people that I work with on on a daily basis, which is basically my my unit and my my peers and the management, we work so closely and so result driven that I kind of... I, I don't even think about it anymore so much. But I also know that this was very different when I started this job, when I started the job before. Um, so in the beginning, when you have to get used to the new environment and to the new people, you kind of always have the struggle to show them that you're really as good so that they that they will not question why you're there and why you're so young and what are you even doing here. And I think also partly for yourself to not end up with complete imposter syndrome and like questioning yourself over and over. But it is in, indeed sometimes like that. Um, so I, I also have my faces where I'm kind of like challenging, like, oh, my God, what am I what am I doing here right now? Even like how 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 did I get here? Sometimes it it is difficult, but I also feel like if you have worked with your colleagues for a while, and they know what you're capable of, you know what they're capable of and what you can learn from them specifically. It gets less and less of a topic somehow. And what would be your advice to the young and ambitious ones, especially, I think, from the perspective that you grew into managing director role within two years uh, being at Solaris Bank, what skills, experiences and knowledge should one bring to the table to be there? I think what... What did it for me, I, I hope at least, is basically to to stay curious and hungry. So to always challenge the status quo, like not be okay with things that are obviously broken um, and just let it be like that. But always challenge and always try to strive to for, for something better. I think this is one. And then the other one, I think, is also staying humble, like really trying to to make the most out of the situation, to stay true to yourself without completely overdoing it and taking care of oneself. I think that's, that's really important to, to know, to, to are very aware of what you're capable of, but also at the same time, know your limitations, take the feedback and try to be better. Um, and this is something I, I am still struggling with every day to really, you know, ask for feedback, take the feedback, trying to getting better. Um, but I think it's just so important to improve and and also actually learn something about yourself and where your strengths and where your strengths lie, lie, basically, yeah. Back to Solaris Bank and making better products at Identity Unit. Could you tell me more about BankIdent and why are you building cutting-edge KYC product in the industry? Basically... 
in banking, you always have certain regulations, right? So you have requirements that the regulator um, wants you to, to fulfill. And this is basically kind of like limits the scope of possibilities that you have for certain things. In the scope of KYC or, or this kind of like onboarding process, that meant that in Germany, you only have very certain options for identifying a customer as a bank. So uh, probably most people know the typical video identification process where you would talk to an agent, basically kind of like um, yeah, a video chat where you have to show your passport or your ID card and so on and so forth. And then basically you get through or post-ident is another example of like a very established method. And these were honestly not good enough for us. Like they all require you to have all your documents in place to talk to an agent. Then you have the language problems. You have problems that some ID cards are not even allowed for this process. So you're kind of discriminating customers that you actually don't even want to discriminate, but you cannot onboard them, which is very ironic. And so I, I looked for quite some time for a solution that would just make it better, that would solve these issues where people could identify on the spot digitally in minutes and at any point in time from anywhere, basically. And this is how Bankident essentially then was, was born, let's say. So Bankident is a method where we as Solaris Bank, as a bank, identify the user based on her existing bank account. So let's say you already have a bank account with N26 or Deutsche Bank or Commerzbank, whatever. You basically are asked to do a five-cent transaction within the customer journey, and then you digitally sign your, yeah, your your application more or less. So your the terms and conditions that that we as a bank give you. This is a very smooth process. It's all like basically in one user flow. You're not breaking out to anything, and this enables us to identify someone very very securely with within only like. A couple of minutes. I think the fastest person was done in 47 seconds or so. So um, <laughs> there are records to break. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's just a it's it's a very convenient process. Um, so Samsung Pay was actually the first the first big partner of ours who was using the process. And now step by step, we basically try to roll it out to the fintech world in in Germany and to other banks. Why do you think KYC, good KYC process, is so important for the digital companies and especially with onboarding the customers? Well, you know, with KYC, this is the first impression that a customer is getting for for this product. So the customer onboarding, like you never get a second chance for this first impression. It is it is the the impression that you leave. So it is just essential for the service. And nowadays, if you look for example, at Gorillas here in Berlin, if you if you sign up for it, it's super easy. It's super smooth. You can set it up in like just seconds. You get your payment method. You have your first shopping done within minutes. And this is also the expectations that customers have nowadays towards digital services. And as a user, of course, I don't care that the bank has to fulfill a thousand regulations. I, I want to have my account and my card or my loan or my whatever ready as soon as I can. So bridging this gap kind of is is really hard, but this is also really like the, the point of make or break. So either you're doing this very well or you're not. Like and and then I think also if you 
if you fail to onboard a couple of times for a specific service, you will also just not try anymore. Um, and this this conversion factor is just impeccably important. Yeah. Yeah, but when the service is so easy, how is it for fraudsters? Because mm -hmm. that means things are easier for them also. Yeah, that is that is um, a really good question, and this is also the biggest challenge of this entire like this entire space. So basically, to to have a method that is not only great from a customer experience, but also super secure. You can kind of see that nowadays, you know, in the outside of Germany, there are methods where you do not have to talk to an agent, where you can only do like a selfie scan and your ID scan and then you're through. And we can already see that these methods are obviously more prone, like for fraudsters who do social engineering or any kind of fraud schemes, because They can just send people through this process and they will go through and open an account, not even knowing that they that they open an account. On the other side, if you then have video ident, which is kind of like addressing this problem with a person really asking you, like, do you really want to open this account? Do you actually know what you're doing? Do you even know what this company is doing that you're identifying for? Here you obviously have this like extra layer of security, but also really bad customer experience. So this is basically the the issue that you have with these with these processes. Now for the Bankadent process, the good news is that we kind of can like we can play into both of these objectives. So have a good customer experience, but at the same time are also really secure. Because the customer journey that I described with like the five cent transfers and the the digitally signing the 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 T's and C's, this is just like the tip of the iceberg. Like they're a lot of security mechanisms and a lot of things and checks that we do in the background underneath that the customer is probably not super aware of that we really make 100% sure that she is really who's, who she said she is. Which um, is great because the customer still has a great experience, but then you also ensure that it's very diligent and uh, work um, behind the scenes. Yeah kind of best for both worlds. <laughs> and congratulations on your latest big customer Coinbase, such a big player. What does this really mean for your unit and also for Solaris Bank? Having Coinbase as as a partner or as a client is is really a token of of the unit's success, I would say. And I'm really super proud of the team because we This we we could really just convince them by showing them that we have a great product and that for them it makes sense. It's just like it's the most sensible thing to to go with us and with our solution. And I am really really happy about it. I think this is one of the the biggest successes um, of our unit. I can I can easily say that. And with Coinbase specifically, I I would also say that the entire process of integrating with Coinbase was work, but it was extremely fun with the team. So I think this was one of the, the best integrations that we had so far because it just went well, honestly. Um, so I'm really happy and proud of the team, um, what they did there. That's yeah. exciting. That's what I could read from the news, like uh, <laughs> only positive feedback. <laughs> so far, so good, yeah. yeah. And Delia, a little bit now back to you. And since we started with this kind of five-year reflection at Solaris Bank, I'm also curious to hear a little bit about your long-term vision, what really excites you ahead, what problems you want to solve. Or maybe let's start with identity sector, basically, in Germany. I really have the vision that at some point we have a European 
um, ID Wallet. This is an initiative from the from the EU where you know you can use this digital identity that you have, best case self-sovereign identity, that you can use anywhere at any point in time for any service, and basically identity would be solved like this entire issue. I do know that this is not happening in the next, I would say, 10 years probably or so. Um, I, I think this will will take a long time. But maybe I'm also a bit too pessimistic. In any case, I'm just a bit too impatient. So my vision for for the next couple of years for this space would be that as banks, we grow much closer together. And basically what we start with Bank Aden, we really make it work within Germany and within Europe. So basically working together as banks to make sure that properly identified user can onboard to other banks very easily by using their existing bank account. Because we are under the same requirements and regulations as any other bank in Germany is. Therefore, why make it really hard for the user to to use different financial services across the sector if we already have all of those super highly secured digital identities and identifications. So I think there will be a lot of things to come in the in the next in the next year. This is maybe um this is maybe the more domain driven um approach to to what is coming next or what is my vision. And then I'm really excited for um my time and in general for Solaris Bank. So we just had a big portrait in the Handelsblatt where they also talked about our IPO plans potentially and and what is coming in the next years and it will just be a super exciting ride it will also be freaking exhausting but i'm really excited to be part of it especially because indeed it is now like basically my fifth year or or my fifth year is 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 over and it is just exciting to be part of this journey and now i also really want to see where it's like where it's leading me basically so this i think is is quite cool to see um and then building the unit further i wanted to ask you like would you start a startup again and now i'm thinking like hearing from how you're excited with building further success with solaris bank probably i should ask you that yeah a little bit later <laughs> <laughs> indeed i I will definitely found a startup at some point in my life again, for sure. I, I I don't think I can help it somehow. Like I, um, as much as I am excited with Solaris Bank at the moment, there is always a part of me that kind of wants back to a super small team working from like a a co working space in the I don't know, like in a corner of Kreuzberg or whatever. You know, like just being creative wild minds again to just think outside the box and 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 develop um cool products and i am very sure this will come for me um because it's just like a an instinct that i cannot really fight so much um but not now <laughs> so fair enough maybe later fair enough yeah so delia this is amazing conversation that we're having we're coming to an end of it, and I have the best question <laughs> saved for the last, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> which is uh, talking about your woman author of achievement, your role model in your life. Who would that be? Maybe it will be a woman in finance, but no pressure. <laughs> <laughs> so I kind of feel compelled to give two answers. Somehow the the women, basically, are are all of those in my family. Like They just inspire me 
every day. It's it's crazy. So this this will always be a very substantial part somehow for for me. Um, that is that is driving me and showing me basically that I can can always strive for more. Thank you for this conversation. I was really thought we we're going to get very technical, but I really appreciate you shared a lot of insights that. I didn't expect that you would necessarily share, and I'm very thankful for that. And um, it's really inspiring to hear it. It's very encouraging, and I think it really gives the right setting, the right mood for the ones listening us. So thank you so much. Wishing you another great five years. <laughs> it's Lars Bank. Now let's see. But wishing you a wonderful day, and hope to see you soon. Thank you very much. Thank you for joining us today. You can subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And please don't forget to leave us a review. We're always excited to read them. If you want to interact with us, the guests, or the podcast listeners, then head over to our Instagram page at waa.berlin. And while you're there, make sure to check our webshop. Thank you again for listening, and we're looking forward to being back soon.